0: I am a strong black woman, and I still believe in black love, although I'm not just waiting around for love to find me, I believe in cultivating black love. Welcome back to the third um, series, the third installment of The Black Mind with special guest Charles here. Um, Thank you guys for joining us. And for those of you that aren't able to join us this evening, you can definitely catch the replay of this episode as well as the previous two. I am Mel Williams and my channel is called The Black Love Recovery Channel. And we started this because we wanted to hear more from the Black men hear more of their perspective and, you know, what goes through their minds and also to help Black women better understand Black men. So with that, I'm going to let Charles introduce himself and also share a little bit about the Detroit Boys Rot, which is a um, foundation that he's a part of that helps with young men and pretty much building up young Black men. So Charles, go ahead and please share a little bit about yourself as well as that um, organization.
1: Will do. So, okay, good. So good. So I'm not going to, so good. So my name is Charles Primus and I'm a lifelong Detroiter. Um, so I, I lifelong on Detroiter. Um, what else is about me? So about the, um, you know, of course I've been married, married for to be 27 years this year and, um, been in the auto industry like most of Detroit for more than half of my life. And so, um, that's a little bit about me and I have two grown children. So my son is on his way up. So he's really doing well in his career, in his life. And my daughter is on her way, she's going into her fourth year of college, so she's kind of winding down that uh, college thing. So, a little bit about that's a little bit about me. Um, I am a board member of Association for Youth Empowerment, and that's the that's the umbrella organization around Detroit Boys Rock, and what the and and so uh, organ the Association of Youth Empowerment was built upon, um, essentially eliminating. Uh, social oppression among in, in society so if you know things about eight mile eight mile if you seen the movie eight mile in detroit eight mile used to be a dividing line the first thing we had was bridging eight mile and you know, essentially bringing um you know the white community from the north of eight mile to detroit which is mostly black south Carolina, and bringing together and getting points of social cohesion now detroit boys rock started because um is it, the initiative lead that i am that i lead and the intention of that one is that young black men get to experience themselves, uh, or at least determine for themselves who they who who it is for them to be men. Okay, and and they get to decide that for themselves. Um, and also and also develop positive partnerships in their life, right? So uh, the intent and that's what the intention that's what the intention is is to create that, is to create that. Um, we're trying to get the golf thing going this year, but. Um I got to find someone who does instructions mm. instruction for that because the um I want to do more than just when you get young black men together. I think I said it before it's always basketball or something simple like that, and no I want to have something to different have something to do differently. I see a lot of young black girls exposed to golf and tennis and that kind of thing, but why not golf right why not, why can 't they learn how to play golf like that so yeah, yeah, so that 's essentially the broad strokes of what. Uh, A-Y, A-Y, AYE is and Detroit Boys Rockets and uh, AYE is AYEDetroit.org. You can go check that out. You can find all of our initiatives there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. I'm also going to link um, the link to the Detroit Boys Rock um, specifically so people can donate to that if they're interested. So I'll link that to the video as well as to Charles' blog, which has amazing content for those of you that are seeking to just learn more from the man's perspective. Okay. So I'll link both of those below. Make sure you check that out for sure. Um, And again, this is the third part in the series. There are two previous videos that we've done before. Make sure that you check those out to catch up on some of the great conversations. With that, we're going to go ahead and dive into this evening's um, first question. All right. You ready?
1: I think so. Go ahead.
0: So, the first question for this evening is: um, Is there, if there was a sort of guide or manual to help Black men learn and grow into the best version of themselves, what do you believe that would look like? And could you share a little bit about what would probably, you know, be in it and what it would, you know, be structured as? What are your thoughts?
1: Okay, this is good. So, uh, this one comes out of the blog that I have. Um, and it's called an inquiry. What uh, inquiry about being black and male, and who we are, and what we can become? It's uh, it's a link. It's a link there, and essentially, uh, I kind of go into a whole bunch of states. But I think there's five states of being black men could take on to heal themselves in our community. The first thing is to be available, and I want to say that the uh, what that means is is that um, so be available essentially essentially says what it is, is that we're there, we're available, and um, And so the the question is is that you know we get removed from society Mm -hmm. or we will step away or certain things happen but you know when we say be available that means that the question here is that if we're dead in jail unhealthy or checked out we're not available to our families and our women so we need to make sure we take better care of ourselves number one so health mental health all of those things take place so that we are fully available for them so that we take care of ourselves right and that goes eating hanging around responsible people Uh, Making sure we do other things that make us successful. That's the first dynamic I think of being available. Okay, first thing is being generous. Now, generous may seem to be financial, but it's like you know the definition of generous is like being showing a readiness to give more than what's expected. Now, if you look at, doesn't necessarily mean financial. It could mean because I think that the most generous people are the ones who aren't the most wealthy. Mm, i mean these are the people who give them their time so they go and they coach the teams they do the mentoring programs they coach the basketball teams and then they do other stuff like make sure kids get to and from practice and school home and safe and those kind of things so be generous with your time like that and so just because you can write a check for a lot of money doesn't mean that you're generous it's like this are you going to show up are you going to be available so that you can um um you know, just be present. You know, present like that, right? Like that. Second thing is being powerful. Now, this is. So we're men, so we're built physically strong. We built we're built to be physically stronger, and I view that as what I view that is is that we're built to protect. Yeah. And what that means is is that we should we should be available to be protection. So and and we and we should use our power to do that. Now, um, this comes from my father. When I grew up, this is the first thing that I was raised that a woman wants to know from a man is, is, if, is if he's safe. And mm-hmm. what that means is, is, number one, what that means is, number one, um, around you, you won't cause harm or no, you allow harm to come, right? right? That's what that means. That's what that means. And when we take a look at it, the whole dynamic of we say that um, protect Black women, that's a real thing. Yep. Because because a lot, yes, there's a lot of enemies out there that are external to our community that, that do harm, but there's also a lot of people inside our community that want to do them harm. And we need to protect them against all of that. That goes into that pledge that senators take against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's what it needs to look like, right? Internal and external, right? And then and then it that comes into the language we speak and how we and how we uh speak like that. So um, really, that comes from being if you it 's that servant leadership kind of role mm. we 're leaders, but we should serve and right. a lot of times a lot of people say that that head of household thing comes into play, but you know you know my, growing up, my mom gave more orders in the household than, than, than my dad did. My father just kept everything together, same thing in my house i don 't give most the orders in my house i don 't right so it 's all about that okay, good so good so the second thing is being loyal. Now, being loyal is a con- be, what being loyal is is who you're going to be loyal to. So that I kind of read an article that says there's five things to find a, a, a loyal relationship is you know supportive, respectful, trustworthy, sincere, and has integrity. So those are like the five pieces of a loyal thing. That's that's not me. That's something I mm-hmm. found on the internet that I put in my blog. And the question you have to ask yourself, do you demonstrate those traits to your friends and family? Do you demonstrate that traits to, your, to the people who demonstrate that towards you? And so the, uh, as far as, you know, and, and it goes, extends to our children too. Because, you know, we have, you know, we need to be loyal to people that we should be loyal to. That includes our children first and foremost, because they're our children and yeah. we need to support them. We need to support them. And they, that whole thing, they didn't ask to be there. That's a fact. And so it's not like we need them to give them permission. And another thing is, is that if a woman's actually being loyal to you and you have decided this is the one for you, then you need to demonstrate that loyalty back. Yeah. Like this is your, this is the priority. This is the first thing. This is the first thing that I'm going to be accountable for, accountable for in my life. So that's what it is there. And then that dives into the rope test that we talked about a little bit before. We talked about before, which like that. So um, yeah, so, cause I have it that if, I think that if men do decide to empower their women and support their women, they get more back.
2: Yeah. It's
1: not like it's not like they get they get they get more back out of that, you know. Because I can't think of a successful I can't think of many successful men, specifically as many successful black men who don't have that woman behind them behind the wind them. And also, your friends is the last thing you got to be careful who your friends are, who you are loyal to. Because your friends will also be the ones to not only support you and your family and those kind of things, they'll also be the ones to kind of call you on the carpet when you're about to do mm-hmm. something stupid. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're about to do something stupid. So I'll just kind of leave that, leave that where it where well, that
2: accountability.
1: is. Accountability <laughs> accountability thing. is like, no, it's like, no, you got a good woman. Why are you trying to why are you trying to hook up with no that your 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 fr- your boys will just let that happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Your friends will be like, No, nah, man, we gotta talk. Mm-hmm. you know, like that. That's kind of what I view French talk. And the final thing, is, and the final thing is, is be proud. I don't hear a lot of um, pride in what it is. You know, we have Black Girl mm-hmm. Magic, Black Girls Rock, all these things talking about w- how proud it is to be Black women. I don't hear that kind of passion or 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 excitement about being Black and male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the kind of thing. So I just kind of put some people in there like uh, i just kind of put some people there that kind of have have contributed because black men have fought and died for every single war this country's ever fought we've made amazing powerful contributions and still do to this country and there's a lot to be excited about about being black and male and finally the whole point of it is is that black men are american culture
0: yeah
1: everyone else follows what we do right everyone else follows what we do they won't admit it but they do right and they won't admit it but they do so so we have a lot to be proud of we have to be a lot to be proud of yeah.
2: absolutely
1: good so i think that's kind of like goes into that's a little bit long-winded but the no, it's bit longer than that but yeah that goes into if that goes into that manual that i was talking
0: about okay and i see the link i will link that as well so just to summarize and wrap up you think like the main cover areas or the main topic areas i remember you said a sense of pride i remember you said um accountability and like the company that someone keeps i remember you said safety like um you know a manual that would like talk about you know being a safe space for the woman as well as you know company that you keep um what was the other thing that you said i think
1: the five thing the five things are this the one was be available that means be yep. here be generous that means give more of your time be powerful that means use your powerful responsibly what goes into what you just said a minute ago um the other part of it is be loyal that means make sure you're make sure you're being loyal to the people that you're loyal to and that you should be loyal to your wife your family your children your women and make sure that you have responsible friends that you're loyal to and the final component of it is be proud you know you're a black man Be proud of that. Be proud of who you are. That's essentially the dimensions of that.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank you for wrapping that up and summarizing that nicely. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question I have over here, which is, how do you feel about the idea that more men should feel comfortable and more of what I use the term was feminine energy. And by feminine energy, I meant like being vulnerable, maybe being more comfortable expressing emotion and talking about their emotions versus holding it all in. And maybe I guess using emotional intelligence. So what are your thoughts about more men, I guess, getting more comfortable with their feminine side or feminine energy?
1: Yeah, so um, I think that we need to change the language a little bit. And I think that we need to stop referring to traits as being vulnerable, feeling, talking, expressions, and emotions as something that's a feminine thing. You see, that's the poison. That's part of the problem. That's the reason why we have all this. It's like this: if I'm being vulnerable, if I'm being open, I'm being trusting, I'm expressing my feelings and emotion. Oh, that's girl stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that that's we need to not talk about it that way because you know there's a certain because we have a certain constraint we have a certain thing old school like I am is like you know boys don't cry or you need to be tough or what are you crying for now the modern day equipment is why you in your feelings Mm -hmm. right that's what they tell our men that's what they tell young men it's like if men express that kind of thing it's why you're in feelings first so I think that the first thing we need to do as a people is to take that dynamic out and say that the, um, if it makes sense, is that we need to stop having that be a feminine thing. Mm -hmm. I think I talked about early before is this, is that men and women emotionally are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm.
0: I remember you saying that.
1: We are, we need to be careful that, we need to be remembered that we've been hurt. We have every every feeling that women can be sure that every feeling they've had, every crush, loss, hurt they've experienced, men have two black men have two so it's like you know um you know we've been kind of rejected or broken up with or all that kind of thing so we 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 get that so um take that language that is a feminine energy out of the way because then when you talk about that then if i'm not I can be politically incorrect for a minute, then people view a man who's being vulnerable, feeling, talking, expressing emotions, they think he likes guys. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah. And, which is a whole different conversation, a little bit cruder than I wanted to put it, but it's <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like the way it is, right? It's kind of like the way that people express it. And I think that, uh, and I think that um, I was reading this one thing about, some, some sister says something about it's just tell like a, when you where to go out on a date I tell I would advise black men in general it's like don't you know if you go out to a date go somewhere where you can talk yeah. right so it's not like you're going to go someplace to a fancy dinner or co- you know but just a coffee shop a movie somewhere you can actually talk to people right and uh right so don't wait to date number three because before you can talk to them because you may, you may just wasted two dates because the first date you may be like I don't know about this. Right. And then, you, you know, from that first conversation, it's not going to fly. Right. Like that. Yeah. So essentially, uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers my thoughts on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the responses that you shared. And yep, you pretty much said that changing the terminology. That's something that needs to happen. Um, I actually yeah. put the comments that I have um, I said that I love what you had to say. And this is actually great relationship advice. Um, and also when you just mentioned as far as the pressure of the first date um, and there being less expectation or, um, you know, it's being able to set up a conversation versus, you know, like you said, just sitting in the movie and nothing happening. And then, like you said, by the third date, you find out, okay, maybe this isn't gonna work out. No, so, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I think that's great.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, think so. I think so. A lot of people want to be on the sailboat the yacht the first date. I'm like, even if you got that, that shouldn't be the first date. It should be like it should be like, I just want to talk to you. Right. Just have a conversation. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good stuff. So moving on to the next question. Um, we have two more questions, and this is the second to last one. What are some of the traumatic experiences you feel most black men can relate to and how does it shape him into the man he'll show up in life and for his future family? Please also share your thoughts on maybe like mental health within the Black community. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on that, and how it impacts you know livelihood and relationships in our
1: community. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're we're so we're inundated with the Derek Chauvin trial right now, right? And so the, what that really brings forth is is that most Black men that I know have had some kind of negative interaction with a police officer that occurred to them just because of the color of their skin. And so what happens here is is that the so we can understand that pretty much anything that we have any kind of interaction that we have with certain people can be deadly can end your life. Okay, I think that there's a video in there that I put with Maria Taylor. She was you know if you know Maria Taylor is she's a big time at ESPN and she went on a thing talked about what happened to her brother and her brother was lucky. But essentially, a lot of black men walk around the thing talking about um um comply or
2: die.
1: Now, so that means you have to comply with whatever the standard is or something bad's gonna happen to you. I think also, and I expand upon this a little bit, but comply or die doesn't end with police officers. If you listen to it, you know, I kind of follow social media, the commentary like this. A lot of times, if a, this is why I think this conversation is good and powerful here, because a lot of times Black man really does express what he thinks, if or if he disagrees with something someone says or wants to comment on a little bit further, further that either woman or black woman has, he's gonna get beat down by the whole thing. Like just it, he becomes under attack like this. You know, just shut up, agree with this whole thing, let us be mad. It's like the space for being able to express themselves is quickly shut down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so really there's a whole bit of compression about if I'm with police, I can't act a certain way. If I, if I'm a whole bunch around the whole Women, I have to act a certain way. I have to do this a certain way. So I view it as is that, and I think this is another point before, is like I have to act within a certain parameter so that everyone else can feel safe or not threatened by what I say or what I say, because what I'm gonna, you know, what I say, because what I'm saying may have a point, it may come out, it may not come out the right way, but still it's a point, right, like that. So I think that's the first one. The second thing, mental health, this is especially for, for our people, my people. I said the, uh, we need to stop. Okay. I gotta be careful with this. <laughs> the um, Some people say that, you know, we're, we're church going people, right? We, we we go to church, you know, we still yeah. at church. So we need to stop with this. Like, okay, we're just going to pray for you and you your mind to be right. Thanks. No, 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 no. Okay. Pray for them. Then take them to the doctor and then go ahead and get a mental health. So there's a whole lot of people that interact with it say that we need to eliminate the fact that it's, that, that that emotional health uh, is, is, is first of all, even it's abnormal, it's not, right? That's the first thing to you know, right? Um, but yeah, the old school treatments about going to church, getting the belt out, all that kind of stuff right there doesn't really work, doesn't really solve mental health problems. In a lot of ways, it makes it worse, makes mm-hmm. it worse, okay, like that. And the other thing is, is that the um, we need to understand that it's not abnormal because statistics will show you that even today one in five adults one depending on what study you have one in five or one or four adults at one point in time has a diagnosable mental health disorder mm-hmm. that's a fact so if you look around and there's four people there's four people around you and you're looking for one that doesn't has a mental health order a disorder like this and if these four don't then it's probably you so you gotta <laughs> so so just just being real about that right we have to make sure that it's not it's not abnormal to have to deal with people's mental health, and I think that you know I think that I think that black women are learning to manage their health better mm-hmm. um physically and emotionally i think that and but black men we're kind of no i am good i'm okay i'm not going to do this nope and sometimes I think that the um you know so so that's pretty much what i think what, what i think what I think is going on there. Um, like that so from a traumatic parents and you can see how all of that would impact our relationships Mm -hmm. our livelihoods our careers all that thing because we have all of this stuff that we're dealing with and we just have to be okay and fight through it on our own and that's another dimension there because um, we need to not feel like we need to do everything ourselves yeah and you know, like that. So just just knowing that you're not alone makes a difference
0: absolutely and i think that what you said is actually like very spot on on um, like the whole stigma behind like someone that has a mental health issue or concern part of it is like hey if i go public with this or share it with too many people then people are going to it's going to have a negative impact on me because then people are going to start to look at me different treat me different and so even just having the conversation needs to be normalized you know for people to feel comfortable absolutely. talking about it absolutely. and it sounds like you are advocating like you would encourage like going to therapy and getting the help that you need versus just yeah. like want you sure to pray about
1: it you got therapies you have other things that you can do as therapies there's there's other training and developments you can take a lot of things that you can do to kind of help your mindset right but yeah that that's the one thing to do
0: awesome okay well we are down to the final question for this evening yay. which is yay <laughs> What final thoughts would you like to share with the audience? Any advice for better understanding Black men? Advice for other Black men? Advice to Black women? What are your final okay. thoughts and advice that you'd like to share?
1: Okay, good. Well, this, I have kind of read what I wrote three weeks ago, and I was like, hmm, okay. So first of all, Detroit Boys Rock. I want to talk about that a little bit more. And really, what I would like to see is more people come to the table and kind of give me some ideas about how to really launch this thing because it's really in its infancy we're kind of like in fits and starts what are we going to do we're we're a 501c3 so we have some money dedicated to do certain things but now what do we do right so that's essentially where that's essentially where we are right now so uh but essentially uh i want to create a safe space for young brothers can establish um a positive relationship with their peers that's essentially what i would like to do goes into what i may have mentioned before about we need to stop trying to feed the fish and make themselves healthy, we need to clean the tank that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that means put them in positive associations where they, that they can live in and they can be themselves in. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is a little bit more, cha- it sounds easy, but it's a lot more challenging. Because first of all, we need to change the culture and how we refer to each other. Uh, I have this thing called, um, you know, we need to, I think it's absolutely insane that we as a people like to refer to each other's n-word b-word h-word like this but we get mad when people of other ethnicities do it and i'm like well wait a minute wait a minute if you know that's a bad word then why do you think it's okay for anyone to call you that and also and also i think that the it goes into what we expect of when we encounter each other Mm. see so it's like I, i may have said this before but it's like the, uh, I notice whether you're standing in um, in the in the hood, so to speak, versus whether you go into the suburbs. If you get a bunch of black boys together, you know, usually if I get if I'm standing a whole bunch of white kids together and I stand if I stand around for 20 20 minutes, I can probably figure out who who's named Joe and who's named George, that kind of thing, right? But you go into you go you get five or six, seven, eight young black because it's always nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that and you, I don't even know their names, right?
2: <laughs> so, it's like,
1: so, it's like, you know, so they all apparently they all have apparently they were all named the same, right? And I'm like, no. And but there's a frustration inherent with that, like, okay, well, hmm, when do I graduate from being that?
2: Yeah.
1: When 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 do I elevate myself to being to being that? I, I've heard You know, to me, um, and with with the things that are happening in our community um, goes from the level of discord, we see the level of violence, we see the level of those that say, it really relates to how we view each other. And it's not. And and I think it's insane for people to say that, the, that these are words that are just expressions or don't mean anything or they're kind of like they're not right. These are these are words that were used when we were slaves. Right. And then we've taken them big. on. Yeah, we've taken them upon ourselves and that we call ourselves niggas all the time. We call ourselves all the time. And I get bothered and. I can't listen to my kids playlists because. Mm-hmm you know, they don't they don't have that message. So it's changed the culture like that, right? Uh, that's the change in how we refer to each other. And we see each other. The second part of it is, is that um, what do we expect when we run across each other? See, it used to be, you know, um, there was a time at least for a little bit where if when we were less or more segregated, so to speak, where you know, if a Black person looks around, they're looking for a whole group of Black people so they can feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. I want to feel safe. I'm going to go with Black, I'm going to go with my people how we can still feel safe. So what do we expect from each other? So we need to start expecting excellence from each other and not something less than that, right? And that goes how we refer to each other because it's, I'm kind of going ad lib here, but it's like if you ever come in, like we're integrating. Detroit's becoming more integrated now, and it's like some people are saying, "Well, the neighborhood's getting better because white people move here." Well, no, well, no, it, it was. That's not why it's getting better, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to stop viewing. Our language seems to suggest that they're better than us. Um, you ever hear about? You ever hear, especially old timers, talk about? Well, well, white people do this, or white people do this, or white people. I says, no, white people are just as broken dumb as we are. So we, need to, we need to stop thinking that somehow that they're that they they're living better than us. Yes, the average income for supersedes us, but that's because that's because mm-hmm. the top 1% is all is all them, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's 50% of the income. So of course they have an average wealth better than us. But on the ground, on the court, every single day, no, they're just like us. And we need to say and so we need to stop thinking that we're smarter unless and, and that goes to how we refer to each other. And finally, I think that the uh this goes into um what I was saying before about um we need to come to recognize that black men and black women live in two different worlds in this country. Okay, and 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 what I mean by that is is that there's an article on there. I think it's in the conversation. I may have it linked in there. It says that it says that if you if you look at it, it says this is a direct quote from the article it says this says our research on the intersection of race and gender in the u s shows that while education and income reduce the risk of discrimination and depression for whites and black women, this is not so for black men. Mm-hmm. So when you go up there, so you go up there and also and also the, um, and when I talked about the parallels, the things, the outgrowth that Black women have done, you can just see, you can see it feel on TV. You watch the commercials, you watch the TVs, Black women play normal type roles now, right? Mm-hmm. And. In, but statistically speaking, and this is another quote, I think, from the same article, this is black women and white women raised by low income parents, parents then the bottom two, 20% has similar weights, has similar rate rates of upward mobility. So black women are really operating on the same car as white women are. Economically, that whole thing, in some in some ways, better.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But what happens is, is that black men are really located down here, at the, they're kind of cast at the bottom. Now, it's, there's a whole host of reasons by that, but it's a decision by people make by who's, who's making those decisions or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we, and really, I, it's my belief sometimes, the reason why black men are kind of ostracized by the system is because we're a threat to it. And we're a threat to it because pretty much everything that we enter a field, we get serious about entering, we tend to win. Mm. we tend to win the fields we play in. So of course we're a threat. Of course we're a threat like that. So yeah, so yeah, I think that those three things there, I think those three things are kind of described it here, a mentality and we just need to recognize that, um, that I think if I were talking to black women, I would say this is to understand that black men are living under pressures that you don't have to face. Mm. I mean, you don't have to face. No one's afraid of you, right? No one's afraid. No one's afraid of you. No one. Fe- the power. The power structure doesn't fear you. You know they. You know they don't, right? A matter of fact, they kind of like you. So it's like this. You know, for us, we're fear. We're, we're afraid of it. But you know, your, your your cousins, your brothers, your your male family members, they don't get to fit in there like you do, and and that's the reason why it's time to kind of try change it to say that. Like that, you know, that um, that we're sensitive to that, and we change that, and we make that decision that we're going to elevate everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone. I'm like a child of the '60s. I'm, well, I'm not a child of the '60s, uh, but I was raised by that generation that said black is beautiful, and I think that's that's a term we should get back to, because it's not black girl magic, black girl rock, black men. This black is black people are beautiful. If we related to each other like that, I think that it would be absolutely amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, think,
1: I don't know if that made any sense, but yeah, I think no, that
0: did. And you actually broke down all of your points. So I was going to ask you to, like, you know, dive into detail with the points, and I think you did a great job breaking down yeah. each one. Covering each one. So thank you for that. Um, so that's all I had for this evening, question wise. Um, unless you have something else that you like to share, I do want to thank you again for making time to share for these Absolutely. past three weeks. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I kind of thought kind of honored to be here and kind of saying, Okay, I don't know what I said that had you invite me here. I kinda of interested to know that.
0: Hey, I'm honored so. to have you here. <laughs>